Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. You probably know them as Cost and Mayer, the TikTok duo that took the world by storm over the past few years with their synchronized dances to unexpected songs. But did you know that Austin and Meredith Talenko never even set out to be TikTok famous? For our final Spotlight episode of Season 4, the delightful Austin and Meredith join us to talk about their unexpected journey to influencer fame and how to create your own good luck. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our final episode of Season 4. This is Courtney. I'm the host of Making the Impact, and I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Mailer. Courtney, I just every year I'm like, is it really over? It's over. Is it over? Yes, it's <laughs> over. It feels like it's, you know, we do this every week, mostly from September, you know, now to May. And we've had some amazing guests, some amazing topics, and some really amazing feedback from our fans. Yes, to all of our fans, we love you all so much. Thank you so much for all of the support throughout the entire season. We have grown so much this season. And if you want to hear all of our stats and updates and things that are coming soon for season five and over the summer, then be sure to hit next after you listen to this final episode of season four, because we have our season four wrap up episode that is launching today as well. And that's our final little send off before we disappear for the summer. (laughs) Disappear into vacation land. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be a really neat, neat thing to see season five kind of take shape over the summer. And we have some cool stuff that we're going to talk about in in uh, our wrap up. So make sure you just keep on playing after this episode uh, finishes so you can hear about all, all the stuff we're doing in season five. Yes. And I cannot wait for you all to hear this week's episode. Our final episode of season four couldn't be better because we have a fantastic set of people joining us on this episode for our last and final spotlight feature of season four. Yeah, I'm a little obsessed with them. Um, (laughs) And I think y'all will be too if you're not already. So yeah, let's get into it. But before we do, we have a word from our sponsor. Have you ever tried Apollo Shocks? I couldn't believe how much better my body felt the first time I wore mine. And now I'm completely obsessed with all of them. Apollo Performance offers compression socks that support and protect your feet for class and performance. Apollo Performance is made by dancers, backed by science, and recently, they got a deal on my favorite show, Shark Tank. There really is no substitute for Apollo Shocks. I love the arch support and compression that they provide me while I'm teaching. And you can even get your Apollo Shocks to have traction on the ball of the foot, which allows you to stay grounded and connected to the floor without slipping. Grab a pair of your Apollo Shock Compression Socks now by using our exclusive podcast promo code. Use the code IMPACT10 in all caps at checkout to receive 10% off your order at ApolloPerformance.com. Dance longer, dance stronger with Apollo Performance. And one more piece of business before we head into the episode, we would love to announce some of our Making the Impact Award winners from the 2023 season. If you are unfamiliar, the IDA-affiliated competitions that we provide judges for, those judges give Making the Impact Awards every event. That award is given out to a routine or a dancer or a dancer within a routine or a studio sometimes that made the impact on these judges over the weekend. It's the routine that they can't stop talking about. 
that they think about the next week, they think about the next month. It's something that really made an impact, whether that was through choreography, execution, performance, or just that light that you see in a person sometimes. So we'd love to shout out some of these winners. They received a physical award at the competition. And the other perk is we get to talk about you right here. Yay! Let's kick things off with Pinnacle Dance Competition's event in Dallas, Texas. Congrats to Destiny Devoted Dance from Plano, Texas for their small group Heartburn. From Spirit of Dance Awards event in Sturbridge, Massachusetts, congratulations to Estelle Porter from Turning Point Dance Center in Latham, New York for their solo Small World. From Diva Dance Competition's event in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, congrats to Greendale Dance Academy from Worcester, Massachusetts for their production Hairspray. And from Spirit of Dance Awards event in Nashua, New Hampshire, congratulations to Bedford Dance Center from Bedford, New Hampshire for their small group Contact. That's a wrap on our Making the Impact announcements for Season 4. And if you are a recent recipient of the Making the Impact Award towards the end of the competition season, don't worry, you'll get your shout out in season five. All right, listeners, our season finale has arrived. So sad about it. But we are going out with a bang with one of the best guests ever to lead us out on our Spotlight feature episodes of season four. I have been admiring this duo and pair on social media, and I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. You may have seen them on performances on TV in Good Morning America and The Kelly Clarkson Show. They just wrapped tour with the Pentatonics, and they've worked with brands like Apple, Lexus, MasterCard, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, Disney, and so many more. They have over 6 million followers, y'all. Like, get into it. If you haven't watched their videos, you are missing out. But I'm sure you have because all dancers look up to these uh, this amazing pair. I'm excited to welcome Cost and Mare, Austin and Meredith Talenka to the podcast. Welcome, y'all. Wow, well, that was like an emotional thing I know, to hear. I, was like, I never hear people <laughs> interrupt. I was like, wow, that's so cool. I did get chills. That was know, so good. Was really, that was really, really good. We're so happy to be here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled that we could make this work. Shout out to your agent at GoToTalent for connecting us and getting our schedules aligned so we could have you on our podcast today. It is such a pleasure to have y'all. We're so excited. We're so excited. Yay. Well, like I said, this is our season finale of Making the Impact, and we've had some fantastic episodes throughout the season, and we've interviewed some really great Spotlight Future guests, but I'm excited to have y'all round it out for us because... I think that everyone knows you from social media, but we've never really like gotten to know like how y'all met and how your dance career started and what your hopes and dreams are for the future. So I think that all of our guests will love getting to know you even more for the next hour on this pod. And I can't wait to as well. So because it's my first time meeting y'all. So Leslie, Mm -hmm. would you like to kick things off? Let's do it. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm super stoked to meet y'all too. Um, mainly because I mean, I've I've enjoyed your work for a while, but it really hit home with me when you did the Law and Order SVU theme song. Because <laughs> it's my favorite. And it was really a nice interpretation of that song. I sent that to you. And I was like, Leslie, we have to have them on the podcast. I was obsessed. Also, the Grey's Anatomy one recently just hit home as well. So yeah. I want to know, so like Courtney said, we know you guys from recent, you know, social media uproar of TikTok during the pandemic. 
But I want to know just individually, what was your early dance training like? Because you didn't you didn't get good at what you do just randomly. There was something before TikTok. And I want to know, and I think our listeners would love to know what that is. Well, I <laughs> bit of a roller coaster of a of a startup for me. I, I think actually, we both have yeah, very non-traditional upbringings. It kind of like opposite. You'll you'll hear about it, but it's it's kind of funny. It's different. But I started um actually performing like as a whole when I was about nine years old in musical theater, believe it or not. Yes. I didn't even start like dancing right away. My mom kind of threw me in and made me audition for this community show. It was uh Annie Get Your Gun. And I had like never sang before. I had never danced before, but I went to the audition. I actually, because I, I don't even know if you know this, but because I didn't know how to prepare for an audition, I just sang happy birthday because I didn't come with anything prepared. And they were just but like, that's just like a really hard birthday. song to sing. Like it that's it's a range. hard song. It, yeah. It's, it's not range. That range. And believe it or not, I killed happy birthday. Would you maybe put <laughs> a piece of that original happy birthday right now? Um, no, I don't think the listeners the want that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who did you sing happy birthday to? Oh, it was the, so the, the director of the show was actually also a very close family friend. So I think that's also why he was cool with me singing happy mm. birthday was because mm. he me so it was I mean it was him and then like probably like two or three other people that were you know there but um all that to say like, did, did you I, sing happy birthday Mr. Johnson like I just like the actual line I think I think I said like either my name or like uh his name was Kevin Biddle I think I just said Biddle like okay. last name that's what we called him so I think I just sang it to him that is so nice. yeah that's a great question but, uh, <laughs> Makes my picture of the scenario funnier. Yeah. yeah so yes, it was, it was to the director. I was really playing the role so that I could get the role. So it worked. I, I got the part, thankfully. But um, all that to say that I started out in musical theater and then I absolutely loved it. And then that's when I was like, I want to, you know, get a little bit more serious about doing more shows. And my mom was like, well, maybe you should start taking some dance classes. I was like, whoa, not that serious. Like, I just want to like do more shows. And she was like, no, if you're going to get serious, you need to take some dance classes. And so my very first dance class ever was a triple threats class. Mm. And I wanted no part of it. Oh no my gosh. And my mom threw me into it. And I came out of class and I said, how many more classes can I sign up for? <laughs> I absolutely loved it. So the from there, king. I know a theater king for sure. So then, I mean, I signed <laughs> up for everything—hip hop, tap, jazz—you name it. I was, I was in it, and then I just kept training. I just kept taking all the classes. At sixteen, I started teaching for the very first time. Wow! Um, just a little like six to eight year old boobs—they were super cute. We love a boob class. <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple of years after that, I had an amazing mentor in my life that really, you know, kind of took me under his wing and. I was assisting him. I was, you know, part of the coaching team that he had for his competition team. And yeah, he he led me on a good path. And then I, I moved to New York City in 2017. Oh, nice. That's, and yeah, that's pretty much that. Just kept on dancing. I didn't really stop at all. Yeah, we're babies. <laughs> you said it's recent. Everyone doesn't think that we're infants, but we really are. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean by infants? How, like, how, how old do you think we are? I love this game. I, You're like 23. No, I thought they, I I feel like they look like 20, like late 20s, like 27. Okay, you're pretty small. I'm 25. I'm 28. Okay. No. Okay. okay. He's 28 next month. <laughs> oh my gosh, you <laughs> You didn't know that yesterday either. Somebody asked I know, you yesterday I, and you didn't even know how to like, <laughs> like, like, froze. I was like, I was like, are you good? 
<laughs> All right, 25, 28? 25. Okay. I turned 25 on the last day of touring with Pentatonics, which was wow. an iconic moment in my life. But um, pretty crazy. Wow. Can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. I, that's how, how old I predicted y'all to be. I was, I don't think you're infants. Don't worry. No. But 2017 is, feels like recent in my brain yeah. of like yeah. when I moved to New York, it was 2007. So, right. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh my God, 10 years later. But where did you grow up? Where did this all in, take place? So I, my home hometown is Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. Oh. Is Lancaster County, like right in between yep. Lancaster and Hershey. Like yeah. Hershey's chocolate. The whole town smells like chocolate. It's awesome. Yes, yes. it does. It's a quite yeah. lovely place. I grew up um, not far from Lancaster, about 45 minutes south of it, like on the border of Maryland, Pennsylvania. Border okay. So. We would go to dance comps a lot in Lancaster. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe you can play against each other. <laughs> oh my God, maybe. I was right? <laughs> Sorry, I, I wasn't, I couldn't decide whether I wanted to save this for like the competition talk. But Courtney, your last name is Ortiz, right? Yes. You, did you used to teach for or teach at Turn It Up Dance Challenge conventions? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I am 99% sure that you actually gave me a musical theater award at one of your convention classes. Wait, what? Because Probably. Your, your name came up. It would said Courtney Ortiz. And I was like, I, I am 99% sure that I got a musical theater award from your class. And it's so funny because that was like in the heat of me wanting to be like a hip hop street dancer. And so, like, I was, like, really trying to get the hip-hop award. And, and then I said, theater oh. king you are. And then you <laughs> me the theater king. And I was like, all right, fine. I, I guess this is what I'm doing. Wait, I called yeah. you the theater king? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my God. I that's know. what I thought the award was called. I was like, hmm. That's so no, creative, no, no, no. Courtney. <laughs> was, was me and me. Courtney really tried to drag you back to your theater roots. Yeah, you last. did. But, I'm yeah. I support I'm, it. Yeah. I love it. Wow. So. Oh my God. We have to find that. I need to go I back know. in Don't my life. Don't you have it? Surely you have it I'm somewhere. Sure it's somewhere in like Pennsylvania. It's in, in a box. Home. Yeah. It's in a box. The before. moment we <laughs> sign off of this, I'm going into my calendar and I'm scrolling back in the years to find out when I taught at that event because I'm pretty sure that I did teach at like a Lancaster. I'm 99% That's sure. Nuts. Yeah. That is so cool. Wow. Wow. Now <laughs> I feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're not too far apart, but this must have been when you were like about to graduate or something. It was probably right around there. Yeah. I'm 34, but like, you know, you're 27. But you started teaching when you were like 21 or 22 yeah, at those conventions. True. So, Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. I love this yeah. connection. I'm so like, that's just so cool that you recognize my name and remember <laughs> that from your youth. I mean, wild. Everybody listening. <laughs> Smallest dance world ever. I'm telling you, no, we say truly. it all the time. We do say it all the time. <laughs> I was just, I think it was because like, I remember the name because I was not expecting an award from that class. Like it was right. a musical theater. <laughs> I'm trying so hard for the hip hop and street and <laughs> alas, nope, not for you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just like foreshadowing your future of, yes, you're this huge like icon in the dance world now for what y'all do in like street and hip hop styles. But I think that you can bring this style to Broadway. Like maybe that's next for you, whether you're dancing on Broadway or choreographing on Broadway. I see it. I'm here for it. I'm going to make it happen. Let's go. Put it out in the universe, y'all. It's yes, out there. Yes, Courtney, we're, we will get into that. We will get into that. <laughs> we'll get Ooh. 
All right. Before we get into that, we have to hear about Meredith's background because I feel like I'm excited to hear about your like roller coaster. Yes. Thank you for that. So sorry. That's fine. Take up all the time. (laughs) I started dancing when I was 14 and I started it. Yeah. So random. I played soccer. That's it. Wow. Wow. So you've been dancing for 10 years. Yes. Wow. I've actually just now reached the point in my life where I've danced the same amount of time that I played soccer. <laughs> wow. I played soccer for a really long time and I really liked it. But um, I don't know. I was so weird. I've always just been like enthralled by performance and dance and musical theater and singing. And I just have been a connoisseur of the arts from a young age. I just always <laughs> loved watching. And I was just always very inspired by it. And I would watch these performances and be like, oh my gosh, like, I want to do that. But I never did. I don't know why soccer was just like what I played. And I just, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, and my friends played soccer. And so I played soccer. And I liked it. So I didn't change it. But people would be like, oh, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would be like, I want to be a dancer. And they'd be like, oh, do you take dance class? And I'd be like, no. (laughs) I don't. I don't. My mom tried to put me in dance when I was really young, and I just didn't love it. And so then I, um, I was also in like ballet tap jazz. And I don't think that was really my jam. Mm, I was kind of yeah. a wild child. And so mm. when I was 14, I was like, you know, if I'm going to be a professional dancer, I should maybe get around to training a little because <laughs> that's my career path. Might, might as well get into it. So I auditioned for a hip hop team. We only competed hip hop. It was, cool. it wasn't in like a traditional studio. studio. Yeah, it wasn't in like a traditional studio setting. We would compete the all star circuit, which was like, mm-hmm. you know, like it, like in the Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Very, very hip hop based. We trained all foundation, popping, locking, breaking, house, whacking, like very, very, very foundational street styles. That's awesome. Which was super, super unique training that I, I don't think that I realized how rare it is to have that good foundational right. training when you're young. Yes. But now in my my normal, you know, my everyday life, I'm like, wow, crazy that we had that kind of training. But yeah, that's what I did for a long time. Realized that I was, in fact, very passionate about it uh, later in my life. And uh, I was like, if I'm gonna, you know, do this as my career, I should start broadening my horizons out of just street styles. Mm. So I started training, you know, ballet, jazz, all of the more classical styles. And that's when I really found musical theater and fell in love with it. Oh I love musical theater so much. I probably would still be doing musical theater if I hadn't met you. Because Sorry. I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I really derailed my dreams. But uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing worked out for me. So um, <laughs> I loved I loved theater. I I started doing performances with my school and I just really fell in love with that. I went to, my parents said that I had to get at least a bachelor's degree. Mm. And so I said, fine, I will go to college. But they made this deal with me and they said, my parents are amazing. They support me so much and they saved for my college and I had a college fund ready to go, which is an insane blessing in my life. And they said, you have to get at least a bachelor's, but we'll make you a deal if you graduate, you can graduate Mm -hmm. however fast you want. And then you can take, if you graduate early, you can take the rest of the money and you can move. You can mm. do whatever you want. Nice. And so I went to UNC Charlotte for dance performance. I graduated in two years. I auditioned for BDC's ProSem, Broadway Dance Center's professional semester, got a scholarship and moved the week after I graduated. 
Here. How in the world did you graduate in two years? Did you have credits like up the wazoo? Up the wazoo. <laughs> I had to. Me and I had an academic petition every semester, which meant that I had to write like a letter to the, like the chair of the department being like, hello there. I realize that I'm trying to sign up for like 25 credit hours, but here's why I can handle it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wow. I had to write letters every semester so that I could over sign up for class. What a nerd. But, uh, <laughs> but you did I it. But you did it. Yeah. It, yeah. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I had really, really supportive friends in my life that also were dancers and helped me so much and encouraged me so much. And um, I couldn't have done it without them. And uh, yeah, I auditioned for, I actually auditioned for ProSim three times before I got it. Really? <laughs> I was absolutely stalking them. But um, <laughs> I auditioned in person twice and I didn't make it either time. And I said, oh, do you wow. know I'm mad? And I remember going up to Jim Cooney, who was like the the head of the the program and I was like what do you need from me Jim (laughs) do you need because they feel like I'm crushing it and you're just not letting me in and he said you know what and there wasn't any the thing was that I was so strong in street styles and that was something that I was bringing to the table that was that a lot of traditional musical theater and technical you know I I don't like saying technical I think jazz dancers or yes classically trained classically trained dancers didn't have the arsenal of street styles that I was bringing to the table. Right. And they weren't auditioning that in the auditions. And right. Jim said, you know what? Make a killer audition video. Show what you can do in the other styles and maybe we'll consider it. So I did. And then they let me in and gave me a scholarship. And I said, wow. thank you so much. Oh <laughs> wow. Good for you for like having the the balls to actually ask the question because right. you knew you were good. You knew you belonged there. And all it took was you advocating for yourself and saying, listen, what do I need to show you? Because yeah. I'm clearly not showing you right now. But like, yeah. if you let me know, I'll tell you. Right. And he did tell me. And it totally worked, which is a right. great That's like, amazing. Great yeah. And Jim's good people. Yes. So I'm not surprised. Amazing people. He, I also ended up swinging for one of his performances later in the program. And it was all musical theater. And it was like a very full circle moment. And I love Jim Cooney. He's wonderful. Aww. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so what year was that when you moved to New York for BDC's program? I graduated in 2019. Oh, wow. So 2018, 2018. So I would have moved right away. Either December 2018 or January 2019, like right at the turn of the new year. Okay. Wow. Oh my so gosh. you got a year. You got a year of New York City before pre-pandemic. The shutdown. Yeah. If you came I'm, in. A year. Yeah, what's it? I'm terrible at math, so I could have been very wrong about that. But that sounds like a year to me. Graduated. I feel like you had closer to two. Well, it was. It feels like two to me because I did. Yeah. I had also not me bragging about my scholarships. <laughs> I also. Uh. Oh my gosh! You want to hear more? <laughs> I also got a full scholarship to do Joffrey's musical theater and hip hop, so I was there for a full summer. And then oh. I went back to school. Did oh, that's oh, okay. So it feels like two years for sure. And then yeah. yes, and did in January. So it would have been like two ish years. It felt like two years. It was probably a little less than that. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So Austin, did you go to college or did you just go straight to New York? I did not. I kind of decided that route was not for me. I visited and I auditioned for um, like a dance program at one of the colleges, and I got in. But there, I just. There was just something about it that wasn't sitting right. And my parents were like, that's fine. Totally support you. But you still have to have a plan. Like, what's your plan? Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to like, I want to train and teach full time with my mentor at his like at his studio. 
I just want to work and save up. And then in, I said, and you know, around 2017, I, I want to move to New York and they were like, that's fine. So, you know, commit to that. And, you know, we, we support you on that. And that's exactly what I did. So 2017 is when I moved and I, I didn't go to college. No. Nice. I love that. I love to hear that your parents were so supportive and also like kind of like setting you in your place, but giving you like a realistic, you know, goal of what do you yeah. want to do? You like, this is how you can help make it happen. You need to save money. And like you had the right headspace of, okay, yeah, if this is what I want to do, like I can't move to New York with no money. So I'm going to take okay. advantage of this teaching opportunity at home and like learn even more from my mentor. And, and a lot of dancers do that. A lot of dancers might not feel ready just yet to move to New York and might not feel like they have enough money saved or whatever. Or maybe a teaching opportunity does fall into their lap where they can use that as like training opportunities and growth for them as an educator as well. So I think that was sounds like a really smart decision on your end. Yeah, it was cool. And it's cool because like our, our parents were kind of the, you know, the same almost like they were super supportive, but they also said, you know, here's the one, you know, stipulation. I don't, I don't know if I want to use that word, but my parents were like, you need to have a plan. And hers were like, you'd have a degree, you need to have a degree. But you, you know, if you do it like this, then you can have, you know, the rest of the money. Like it's, it's a cool very because our parents are both really, really supportive, and we like talking to young dancers about. Yeah. Because so many people ask us, you know, should I go to college? Should I do a conservatory program? Should mm-hmm. I do some sort of, you know, professional training thing? And we're always like, you have everybody's different. You got to do what's best for right. you, and it's always it's always really interesting for us to talk to people about it because we're so different. we're so different yeah. austin did not go to college i did go to college i did a professional program he didn't do a professional program and we both ended up in the exact same place on the exact same job when we met you know what i mean and it's it does not determine your future how the path you yeah. decide to take really yeah you determine your future and the yeah. the things you have control over sometimes you know and right place right time with a lot of things too absolutely, absolutely. And, and so much of who you know but like we don't have to go yeah <laughs> yeah we talk about that all the time. We so talk about it us. a lot. And <laughs> yeah. I think it is it is exciting to just like reiterate again on the podcast that it like that's why we're here doing this and and listening to other people's stories because this is a resource for that next generation of dancers to be mm-hmm. able to say, "Oh, well, look at Cost and Mare, look at what they did and that could be me." Like as inspiration and we hear everybody's journey is different and what works for someone might not work for another and that's okay, but being able to have someone to look up to and, and, you know, learn from and inspire to be, I think is why we all do this and why we're all in this biz. So thank you for sharing that. I love, I love hearing your journey. So we're in New York. You kind of hinted at it and you said you, you both met on a job. Is that how you Mm -hmm. met? Tell us more. I guess technically it wasn't in New York because job was on site at Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey. Ooh. And so we met doing that job together. Are you familiar with Teresa Stone? You're yeah. a New Yorker, so you might be. Oh, she is a very, very close mentor and friend to us. Nice. And we met doing a job for her at okay. that theme park. Nice. Yeah. So it was crazy. So were you at the same audition theater? or? You know, no. Actually, That's Austin. funny story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you tell it. You tell it better than me. Well, so I, she had. She did the show, like the same show two years in a row. And I did it the first year she did it. So the year before that we met. And so next year comes by and she's doing it again. And she's, you know, some people decided to do it again. Others didn't. And she had called me and she said, hey, are you planning on doing this? And I said, well, I'm currently on a job in New Hampshire. Like I was Mm -hmm. living in New Hampshire for three months doing another theme park, you know, a couple of shows. 
And I said, I'm happy to, you know, submit, audition, whatever you need me to do. I just can't make the in-person audition. Mm. And she was like, that's fine. Just here's, you know, the choreo, learn it, record it, send it back. Mm. And so that's what I did. And so I, I auditioned in person. Yeah, she auditioned in person. So we hadn't, still hadn't even met yet. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I, I, I got the role. I, I made it in and so did she. And they had actually started rehearsals, what, the very end of August going into September? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so they had started, I think it was the very, very end of August, like 30th or whatever it was. And the whole cast was living in a house together. In New Jersey? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was like, there was 11 people in the cast. And I think (laughs) just for the 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 time we were in rehearsals and Mm -hmm. the the show ran for like two or three months. And Mm. anyway, and so they had already been in rehearsals for like two or three days. And I was still finishing my contract in New Hampshire. And so it was like, they were totally fine with me coming a few days late. They were like, you know, we'll spend the first three days doing, you know, numbers you did last year that are the same that are going to stay the same. And so I show up late to the rehearsal process. <laughs> Late. I know. Oh <laughs> but I show up to this house where everyone's staying. And I'm like, I have all three months of, you know, my life packed away in my car. And I walk up with my suitcase and I knock on the door, you know, trying to be let in. And who answers the, the door? It's me. Meredith in her <laughs> oversized PJ shirt and pink wiener dog pajama shorts. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never forget. You'll never forget the yeah. first time you saw them. <laughs> yeah. They're I they're my favorite jammy shorts ever. I wear them constantly. Cleaner <laughs> dog shorts. But I was like, hey, my name's Meredith. What? You must be Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. And the rest is history. But we actually we didn't date during the job at all because oh my gosh, we're, we're professionals. So professional. We didn't course. have a showmance. Oh my god. We did not have a show- <laughs> Well, I mean, we were kind of obsessed with each other. We were just super close for it. Like, we mm. thought we were so yeah. funny. Yeah, and we, we just, like, <laughs> people were probably so annoyed I was with like, us, People were honest. disgusted with us. But it was yeah. all, everybody that did the show, we were super close friends with. And so, I mean, like, everybody, it wasn't like they would have been annoyed. They yeah. both loved us both so much <laughs> that we were all just, uh, we had the best time doing yeah, that we show. Did. Um, most of the people that were in that show actually were in our wedding also, oh, which was Oh, really cool. that's cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It was cool. And yeah, it was an amazing time. Oh, well, and I that's really neat. Like, I just think that's, you know, and I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, but one of my first jobs was at Six Flags Over Georgia. The theme park dance world feel sometimes there's like a stigma. It's kind of like the cruise ship world where people are like, oh, it's just a theme park show. Oh, it's just a cruise ship show. But hello, like you guys, A, number one, now are famous and started at uh, a theme park. And two, found the loves of your lives. Right. Like theme park shows are legit jobs. You get paid to dance the end. <laughs> and everybody yeah. in that cast is so ta- Like the, the things Insanely that that cast talented. went on to do would yeah. blow your yeah. mind. Wow. Theme park shows are an amazing starter job for dancers. Absolutely. Oh my huh? gosh. An amazing job. There ain't no shame. In a theme park show or a cruise ship show. All. Oh my gosh. Amazing job for yeah. dancers. Thank you for Correct. saying that. I really am happy to, because I think that's, especially now, such, and like, no offense to all the young dancers listening, but as, with how things have blown up, social media and TV and film and dance back on camera and things like that, I think every dancer just thinks that the end, the end all be all is, I have to move to LA and I'm going to be a star on television. 
And it's like, oh, you don't. Yeah, like oh, there's so many other options out there. And like you said, Leslie, the stigma around like cruise ship and theme park, it's such a great job, everybody. Like we, every single person that is on this podcast right now, and we've all had very successful careers in, in our own ways, have started at those jobs or have done them at any point in our career. Mm-hmm. So, and do you know what? When we went on tour, we got like a weekend of tour, and I was like, this is exactly like our theme park show. Yeah. yeah. It's like, nonstop. Yeah. It's just you're doing the same choreo mm-hmm. every night. Na- like, right. honestly, the theme park show is probably harder than tour. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it is a, I had the best time on that job. I know. People, people still ask us what are like one of our favorite jobs. Was. And I we always still say, say that. that. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. <clears throat> and we made the best friends and the best memories. And yeah. it, it prepared us for life for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. I love that. Okay, so you didn't have a showmance on the job, but you obviously stayed connected once you got back because you both probably went back to New York afterwards, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, like, timeline-wise, is this living in, like, 2019? 2019. Yep. So, like – And we – um Go ahead. We, this is the first time we've been in New York at – you know, that's a lie. I was going to say it's the first time we've been in New York at the same time. We would have crossed paths a couple of times, but because I was doing – I was in New York while he was in – New yeah. Hampshire mm-hmm. and he was in New York while I was finishing my last semester of college and mm-hmm. you know what I mean we had yeah. really like passed mm-hmm. each other a mm-hmm. lot or we would have been in the same place all the time because we had a lot of the same mentors especially mm-hmm. Teresa like we would have been training together but we were just passing each other right coming in and out of the city which was crazy but mm-hmm. when we got back that was the first time we were like both in the city at the same time and we would see a lot of each other you know, we would go to the same auditions and we would go to the same classes. And so we, we had a lot of the same friends and we started yeah. crossing paths a lot. I was actually doing another show with, do you know who Bo Park is? Oh yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I love me some Bo Park. She's I was phenomenal. doing, I was a part of her company and I was doing an immersive show cool. with them and Austin. I was actually, well, another crazy thing was that I was swinging that immersive show. And so I was trying to learn all of the like main roles. And one of the main roles was Austin's roommate. And then Austin's roommate booked something else. And I had to learn Austin's roommate's role. So I was always in their apartment, like trying to pull my life together. (laughs) (laughs) We started seeing a lot of each other there. And then you volunteered and helped out with the show. And we just started crossing paths a lot. And Mm. I guess like loosely dating. We didn't really call it anything. Mm. We were just like, (laughs) we just loved hanging out. And we just hung out all the time. Yeah. And then... I feel like timeline-wise, pandemic is coming. It's, it's oh yeah, looming, it's lingering. So <laughs> it's coming yeah. fast, yeah. Do you feel like that you like established like an official relationship pre-pandemic, or were like when you you do? Okay, yeah, we've. I think that we established an official relationship like a month and a half before the pandemic started. Yeah, we started like we called it dating. Mm. You know, mm. in like mid February. But it took um, us a while to call it dating for sure. Yeah. But yeah, we, yeah, we uh, I would say that by we the time pandemic hit. We were hanging out kid, like a lot. We, we, know, had a st- we had called it the yeah. boyfriend girlfriend thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was, yeah, right in March. We actually just figured out the other day that it was three years ago on, I think, St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm, that we left, that New, we York. left New York and yeah. went to hiding that was the day for a lot of us yeah yeah <laughs> where did you guys go into hiding so you were in new york during the when the pandemic hit and you were one of the the people that escaped you escaped the we new escaped. city yeah. we escaped. 
We yeah. stayed. Oh. Leslie and I stayed. Yeah, we stayed. We stuck it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was very lonely. Hard, yeah. It was a really overwhelming decision to make. Yeah. But we, uh, well, that was also when we thought it was going to be like a cute two oh, weeks. Oh, a few weeks. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back in a month. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. right. And so I was like, let's just go stay with my family in North Carolina for two weeks. It'll be a fun After little- you had been dating for a month and a half. Yeah. He had already like, come, to, come down. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't met my mom before. And um, she was in the city. She was for in a the few city days. for a couple of days. And uh, so it wasn't like that much family shock. You know what I mean? Well. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> still, like, I still remember being like a little like. You were nervous? Yeah, like nervous. Like, I don't know. You didn't act nervous. Why oh, couldn't? I had to be the man. Sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How annoying is that? That's funny. But yeah. Wow. But it went. It went well, for the most part. I mean, it was, like, weird. I wouldn't recommend moving in with your one-month boyfriend <laughs> to absolutely anyone. Please yeah, don't. No. But um, it did work for us, and it was a very unique situation. And people are like, wasn't it so weird to live with each other? But we, when we met, we were living together on, in true. that contract. You know, we, everybody was living together. Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. this weird, like, oh, my gosh, I'm around you 24-7, and it's like, I can't stand you. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, had been introduced to each other in the context of having to live together with a group. Mm -hmm. And so we, it wasn't that weird. Like we were, there was no surprises of like, Oh wow. Your breath in the morning is rank. I (laughs) I, I already knew that. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was crazy. I don't recommend it, but luckily it worked for us. Thank you. It worked out. Wow. Are you gearing up for nationals? If so, then you should be utilizing our service, IDA's Online Judges Critiques, to help prep and prepare your dance before you hit the stage one final time this season. Send us your video now, and an IDA judge will critique your dance, just like you'd receive a competition. But what makes our service unique is our additional feedback add-on option, where your judge will go back through your dance to offer 10 to 15 minutes of extra post-critique feedback. They will analyze your routine even more and offer personalized feedback to help take your performance to the next level. Critiques start at only $35 and are available year-round on our website. Learn more and submit your dance now at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash online critiques. We can't wait to see your dance. Okay, so you escaped New York, you're in North Carolina, and let's talk about TikTok, because I feel like that, as we all know, the pandemic really launched, I feel like launched TikTok. I think everyone was just bored out of their minds and have anything to do. Next thing you know, oh, there's this thing called TikTok, and everyone's posting dance videos in their quarantine homes. So were y'all TikToking before the pandemic or was that something that you were like, well, we're just like down here in Raleigh. Like, should we pop up our phones and start doing some duos? Yeah, that. we honestly <laughs> didn't. We wouldn't, didn't even hit like the first wave of pandemic TikTok. Yeah. Mm. We, we held out. Mm. You know what I mean? We <laughs> yeah. held out. We said, let's see what's going on here for a second. But yeah, we we uh, we started making videos because we had genuinely not one thing better to do. <laughs> best decision of your life i mean what were you doing were you just literally just watching a lot of tv like all all of us i mean taking an online dance class every now and then it would take well honestly 
at the beginning of the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of online dance class. That sure. kind of happened of like a couple Later. months. Like nobody really dove Figured into it, it super yeah. quickly. Yeah. Right. We would literally make up combos and teach them to each other. Aww, like we would fun. separate and we would make up combos and we would just teach them to each other and like train in the garage. Like, it, like that's all that there was to do mm-hmm. dance wise. Yeah. That's what we did for a while, which was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. It uh, was like a we, and it was funny because we didn't choreograph together ever. <laughs> it was like yeah. separate. we just separated. <laughs> choreograph and then teach it to each other, which is funny because now we have a whole career like, of choreographing okay. together. Right. <laughs> we just didn't think to do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, we started making videos. We were like, what's this? actually is my mom. She was like, you know, the kids are dancing on that app. Maybe you should. <laughs> and we were like, okay. Go and So mom. we started checking. That's fascinating. To have an app that was so heavily driven by dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we sort of started watching and we were like, this is interesting. You know, like people are dancing, like yeah. non-dancers, like everyone's dancing. Right. Just so cool. Yeah. And so we kind of started participating. And then we were like, you know, we should just, we can make up dances and share them. People would have fun. Like we should mm-hmm. contribute to this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. We make up right. dances. And so we started making up our own choreography and that's when our account really exploded. Because people were then doing your work Mm -hmm. and then crediting you and posting their videos. So then the name just kept getting out of where this originated from. Exactly. So did you go on to TikTok with the name Costin Mare? Yes, we did. We did. Yep. Nice. I love it. And actually, as we started, you know, becoming a brand and, you know, making... I mean, now we're a registered corporation in the state of California. But like before, uh, you know, when we, when it started becoming a business for us people, we got so much advice to lose the name Costumer. People really? were like, so confusing. You should not be called that. You should just go by regular names. And we were like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I would have said no, too. It's 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 different and unique. And it makes people ask questions. And like, it, it kind of yeah. prompted the like, who's cost? Who's mayor? Where to come from? Yeah, How to come right. about? Costin Mayor was a joke from New York, actually. It wasn't even born because of TikTok. It um, it we were playing before, cards yeah. in the park one day and we were trying to keep score. This was uh, before we were officially dating. And we <laughs> it said, was gray. Oh, yeah. It was gray. <laughs> we said, hey, Siri, make a note that says Austin Mayor. Austin and Meredith, Austin Mayor. Mm. And the closest real words she knows to Austin Mayor are cost and mayor. So uh. she would always write it, cost and mayor. Oh, oh Siri. So- Come on, girl. <laughs> Here we are, girl. We owe you one for that. And so we would always make this like cost and mayor inside joke because that's how Siri said it. I love that. And um, then we just made it our username. Cute. And the rest is history. Oh, yeah. I love it. That is awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah you tell those people, they don't know. Yeah, yeah they don't they're know. wrong. Thank you, Leslie. I feel validated. Validated. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, so y'all are now this duo. And I'm wondering... I mean, I don't know what were were both of you your goals as dancers individually to it sounds like it was just be in the industry and get paid and dance and and work, you know, but together are you now did have you lost that individual desire for each of you as individuals or is it now very much we do this together package and we deal. are a package deal, yeah. We do this together and we're a package deal, yeah. but nice. it did take a lot of navigating to be like, how are we going to do this? Right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's hard to be represented as a duo. Yeah, It sure. is very hard. A lot. It's, it's hard for people, mo- unless you've established yourself as a duo already, mm-hmm. people don't take a chance on you as a duo. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. really hard for us to navigate 
are we going to be represented individually? How can right. we get people to represent us as a duo? No, but we just started. I mean, our manager took us on early on and he, we still have him. We love him. His name's Larry. He's the best thing that has ever happened to us in a business way. But um, we didn't get Lisa. The ones you guys are like, whoa, we love Lisa. Yeah. We didn't start working with Lisa and we've been working with Lisa less than a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that is how long it took somebody to in the wow. dance industry to take us seriously as a duo. For an agency to represent you as a duo and yeah. not individuals. Yeah. Were you previously yes. repped individually by any agencies before Costa Mayor? Austin was, I was not. Got it. So like, Austin, did you go to your agency and say like, hey, like, thanks for repping me, but I'd like to now establish myself as a duo. Can we, you bring us on? And were they like receptive of that? Or were they like, no, bye? It got, they it said was, no, bye. It was really <laughs> interesting oh. because I, I, during the, like, during the pandemic, I still had my agent and I went to them and I said, hey, you know, my girlfriend and I, it's so weird to say that. Aww. My girlfriend and I. They didn't take us seriously I know, too. They were honestly, like, oh, 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 the girlfriend. <laughs> right. I was like, hey, my like my girlfriend and I, you know, we have this like brand that's kind of like being built and we're, you know, we're getting some traction. And I I think it would, you know, work well for everybody if, you know, we kind of turned this into like a duo type of thing. But also that was when we had like a lot of management companies reaching out to us being like, do you have management? It was like, very we'd love hard to to navigate. And so I'm it was sure. weird. It was like, you know, which direction do we go? Do we need both? Do we need one or the other? And so finally, I was like, let's just have my agent meet with this management company that we're considering. And it, it was, was a train wreck. <laughs> I've never been a part of. <laughs> oh no! And we were like, "This is so bad. We have got to figure something out." And we're not reinventing the wheel here. Right. You know what right. I mean? People this isn't are, hard. It's, yeah, it's not a new thing. There are people. There are dancers that have massive platforms on like YouTube and make money off of YouTube. You know, it's dicey because the contracts don't. You know what I mean? They it's haven't like, quite gotten there yet. They haven't gotten there yet. So if we're yeah. doing like a brand deal that has exclusivity, you know, our agent can't just like send us in for a commercial that would conflict with that. Right. Right. It's hard to navigate that when you have a media platform, but we're like, you know what, this is, we're not the first people to be famous on social media. Yeah, right. dance <laughs> so we call Kyle Hanagami and we say, hello, can you please You're the master us? of You're this. You're the master <laughs> of this. You are the king of social media presence and dance industry presence. What do we do? Yeah. And he was like, have you ever heard of Larry Shapiro? He represents Casey Rice, another person who is great at balancing social media presence and industry presence. And he said, you should give him a call. So I Googled his phone number and I called him from cold. cold I cold called, called him. him. Nice. And Just straight answered, up. He answered immediately. He said, hello, this is Larry Shapiro. And I said, hello. Really? <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> he said, hey, my name is Meredith. Uh, my boyfriend, Austin, and I have this dance thing going on no one understands us will you please take a look at our work and he looked at it he looked at it and it was we knew the second he said this that we were going to work with him forever was that he he looked at our stuff but then he he called back and he said you know i think you guys have a lot of potential you know i'm going to send you a couple of like references i'm going to send you some of my stuff and you take a look at me and you let me know if bringing me onto your team would be a good fit for you wow Wow. I like that still gives me chills me to this day. Saying Truly. That that's not that's something not, you hear. And that's not how the no. dance industry Unfortunately, yeah. no. that is not how the dance industry works at all. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, and like gave really me chills too. That's amazing. 
<laughs> it was amazing and we love him. He has done amazing things for us and he's an integral part of the yeah. Costumer team. Yeah. Wow. Larry Shapiro, man. What a guy. The what a guy. Again, I just have to like commend you. This is the second instance where you've said, I just asked. <laughs> yeah. And you got what you, you asked oh, for. Very forward. <laughs> like, I just, I just think that's so important for young dancers to hear because, like, you, there's a fine line between being pushy and, and, you know, stepping out of place. But then there is also the other side of it, which is advocating for yourself because you oh, didn't yeah. have a manager. You didn't have an agent. You knew what you needed. And you were willing and you, you stand behind what you do enough to say, hi, I can, we do this thing and we're pretty great. Do you think we're great? Right. <laughs> it's like, we can say, work together. No. Yeah. The worst they will say is no. And so what? Then you're back exactly where you are right now. I remember again. when I Googled his number and I was like, I'm going to call him. <laughs> and I was like, you're just going to call him? And I said, yeah, I'm going to call him right now. And then I was like, you're probably just going to get like an, an assistant. assistant to the assistant. Right, like right. you're not yeah. going to Larry. And it ringed twice and rang twice. And then he said, <laughs> Larry Shapiro and I said, "Woo! Oh my God. <laughs> okay, here we go. I guess we're talking." <laughs> wow. But I think one of the cool parts of that story, and sometimes we tell it, sometimes we forget. But he told us on the phone that the only reason that he answered the call was because he was sitting next to someone that was from North Carolina, like someone that worked for him. Someone that worked for him that was from okay. North Carolina. She recognized the area code of the number that was calling. Wow. Well, he sorry, yeah, yeah, they recognized it, and, and she was, was like, "That's like, a North Carolina, you know, area code." And they, he picked up, and he was just like, "North Carolina people are good, man." So wow. I picked up. <laughs> True, oh my and it's I was crazy. Like, yeah, I love that. That is crazy. Crazy. So crazy story. Was this while you were still like, are we still in the pandemic at this moment? Like you're blowing up during the pandemic. The world is still like half shut down. Who knows what's next? And like, mm-hmm. what was what were your hopes? Obviously, you I'm sure you had no idea that you would blow up to that extreme while just making videos on TikTok. So now your life is shifting and you're trying to navigate where do we go from here as a duo and brand ourselves in this new way in the dance world, like post pandemic. But were you always planning to go to New York and come back and like establish yourself as a pair in New York? Or like, how did you decide to move to Los Angeles? We didn't know where we were going to go afterwards. Larry is based in LA. So taking a chance on Larry pulled us a little bit towards mm. you know, the West Coast and our the agency that was representing both of us individually. Oh, maybe I lied about that earlier. I have been, rep- I wasn't represented individually in the beginning. Mm. Not, but before we were, not before yeah, Costner. Not before Costner. But there was an agency that had then said, you know, we'll represent you individually and then we'll sign you as a duo. Mm. Never signed us as a duo. Right. But we're with that agency. They're also, you know, mainly LA based. We didn't know whether we were going to go the New York or LA route, but because all of our representation was LA when the world started opening Mm. up after we got married, we moved to LA together. Got it. To just try it out. You know, we loved New York. It was really sad to leave. We we, uh, apartment hunted in both places. But um, we made the switch to LA and it's been really, really good to us. We were like, let's just try it for a year. If we don't like it, we'll leave. Yeah. But it has been so good to us. We have made amazing friends and we love our team and it has been wonderful here. We have a cute little house. We have a cute little house. We have a cute, cute new dog. Yeah. A cute She's little sleeping puppy. right here <laughs> next oh, to so me. All of our pets are with us right now. Courtney, is, yes. is uh, Chico still with you? I don't know. He's running around doing something. They're, they're probably <laughs> sleeping right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So you never made it back to like officially back to New York or did you for a little minute? No, you just went straight to L.A. Yeah. Straight to LA. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
I'm like, as you were just saying this entire story, I I just had to think about the fact that like your careers, you might have still been together, but as far as like your dance careers as a pair and a duo might not have existed if the pandemic didn't happen, which is kind of crazy to think like Mm -hmm. you would have supported each other and been dating and like eventually probably gotten married just like what happened in life. But you Mm -hmm. as a brand and as dancers, your career would have been completely different without the pandemic. And I think that personally, I was really ready to like saying goodbye to my solo career was not hard for me. Mm. I was very frustrated. You know, I think this is also a cool thing to talk about if if younger dancers listen to this podcast. And when I was in New York auditioning 24-7, I was getting really frustrated because I... I was a commercially trained dancer. So I was going to commercial calls, but none of them were me. And I just remember being in rooms of like 700 wearing like booty shorts, a bra top and stilettos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely do not like this. This isn't who I am. But why is this the only gateway for me to get ahead? Why is this the only thing people will see me do? Right. If they would just let me, if they would just see me do something else, yeah. it was the Jim Cooney thing. I was yeah. like, if they could see me do something else, but every audition would always be stilettos and mm-hmm. skin and yep. sex appeal. And I just, I, it wasn't who I was. Yeah. And so I was at this point in my female dance career where I was like, I've got to do something different because I'm so passionate about dancing, but it's not worth sacrificing who I am. Mm. And so when this, duo ship happened and we could do all these you know quirky dances and com- like comedic dances and all these things that were kind of bridging like our backgrounds in hip-hop and musical theater you know I was so passionate about yeah. that that I was like this is what I want to do yeah. forget wearing stilettos and booty shorts every day I that's not me it's a lot of people and there's no shame in that if that is what you love that's awesome so many dancers can do that really well not me so take like Saying goodbye to my solo career was not a hard choice. And it's interesting for me because I feel like when I was living in New York and I was living that life, I was dead set on being a straight up performer the entire time. I didn't really have any interest in, you know, choreographing my own thing or coming up with my own shows or projects. Like I was just in the mindset where I just want to go to the job. You teach me the choreo and I'll perform it, you know, however, which way you want me to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that when this started to happen, there there wasn't a point where I was like, wait, this is not what I want to do. Like, I kind of allowed it to happen to see where it would go. Mm-hmm. And no, now I'm obsessed with, with like creating my own stuff wow. and creating projects together. And I think that, again, for the young dancers that are so, you know, maybe they don't know what they want to do. I think it's important to allow yourself to try multiple things. Like, oh, you yeah. don't have to be like set on one path just because the people you look up to are set on one path. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they tried 16,000 different things oh, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think you just have to allow yourself to, even though it's something a little foreign, just like let yourself try that foreign thing for a second because the best way you to, might love it. And the best way to figure out what your thing is, is to experience all the things that are not your thing. Right. Yes. I figured out what my thing was by finding every single thing in the books that I absolutely did not excel at. And it was the best. Oh, I love that advice, y'all. That was so awesome for you to share. And yeah. it's so, so, so true. 
It's really interesting to hear you say that, Austin, about, you know, not wanting to choreograph and things. Mm -hmm. I can absolutely relate. I'm the same exact type of person. When I moved to New York, I'm like, I want to be a dancer. I don't want to create. I just want to, I'm here to do my job. You give me the ography, I will deliver and I will get paid to do that. And that is it. I don't want (laughs) to be a part of the creative process. I don't want to be, you know, working with the choreographers, like none of that. And now I've not transition, I'm still performing a little, but like I am now an educator, which heavily involves choreographing, just like the, like, you know, teaching at the conventions back when I potentially taught you, like, that's like my full-time gig now. (laughs) So it's something that I, it fell into my lap and it was never something I thought that I would want to do, but I took a risk and I challenged myself in doing it. And like, here I am with a career that I love and you know, get to, getting to work with young dancers and the next generation, it's like everything I could have dreamed of. So it is really inspiring to hear everyone's journey and how you got to where you got and, you know, what you learned through the process, because everybody's is different. And it's really inspiring to yeah. hear that from both of you. And I'm glad you found each other. Yeah, I know. it too. is the best <laughs> thing in my life. Aw, yay. So, okay, I definitely already hinted at this because I think it needs to happen that like now that you love choreographing and now that you're a package deal, like are and you did just you were on tour and you are like performing as a doer duo. Do y'all feel like that you want to go into like the choreography world as a pair? Is that something that you're you're trying to break into or are you trying to brand yourself more as specifically like we're a dance duo type of package? You know, what's been cool is that when, for tour, for example, we choreographed and performed all of that choreography. Nice. So a lot of the opportunities we get because the things we share are videos of us performing us our own choreography right. widely. Mm-hmm. A lot of the opportunities we get are both, which is really, mm-hmm. really cool and filling. It's, it's really awesome to make something up together and then do it. Yeah. It's yeah. a really, really well-rounded, fulfilling type of job. And so I honestly think that we are at the point where we're known as a choreography duo. That's what we do for most gigs. If we get to dance it ourselves, that's awesome. Tour was a great blessing where we got to do both. And I think that from here forward, we are really interested in going into the creative development side Mm -hmm. of things. I think that we, from here on out, we will always continue dancing and choreographing and, you know, sharing online and doing the things we're passionate about. But I think that there's a lot on the horizon for us in the way of writing our own shows and Mm. executive producing and creative directing and seeing these things that we love, you know, having an idea, building it from the ground up. That's Mm. what we're really passionate about. Wow. So you alluded to creating your own show. When thinking about like how you would cast that, what do you think you'd be looking for in in dancers? I kind of already have an idea, but tell us. (laughs) That's a great question. Just a beautiful, beautiful spirit. I love working with dancers that are fun to work with. And that is widely, I think, why I have been hired my entire life. Am I the most talented dancer? Absolutely not. But am I going to smile and make jokes and have a wonderful time? Absolutely, I am. And I really think that that is, for me personally, why I feel like I've gotten a lot of jobs, (laughs) especially in my younger days. But just working with dancers with an amazing spirit is always so much fun. I want people to be passionate about what we're putting together as a group. If you are passionate as creative directors about something and you're dragging everybody through it to, you know, make a thing happen, it's not as, it's not going uh, to be as amazing. You know, if the dancers that you're working with are genuinely passionate about stacking hands, 
understanding a vision and being like, let's do this as a team. It's a team effort. And so I love dancers that are eager and willing to be there, work hard, invest their own story into it. And that's what we look for in dancers. Mm -hmm. I just love to have fun. I think entertain. here's what we say all the time is that entertainment is all about living vicariously through someone. You know, if I, if I can really portray sadness, you're going to feel sad. If I can really portray like being excited and being happy, that's what you're going to feel. So if we can create something where we are all genuinely having the best time, it's impossible for any audience to watch it and not have the best time. Yeah. Aw, that's so true. It really is. And that's what, you know, in competitive dance, we see that all the time where it's like, you might have done all the turns for your life. You might have done all the front aerials and the, you know, head springs and all these crazy cool things. But if I feel nothing, you're not going to get a good score. (laughs) I mean, you'll get a decent score because your technique's good, but like, you're not going to really get, you know, you're not going to get that highest adjudication because I, when it comes down to it, this is entertainment. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to make me feel something. Right. Yeah. You're not going to remember it because at the end of the day, you get to LA, guess what? Everyone's a good dancer. Right. Yep. It's not about, it's not when you're a professional dancer, it's not about being a good dancer anymore because everybody's a good dancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everyone's great. And so it's about the spirit, the passion, the work ethic that you bring to the table because everybody's good. You got to stand out for ways that are deeper than that and be valuable in ways that are deeper than that for sure. Mm, that's a good point too. Yes. Oh, I love it. All of it. All of the advice y'all are sharing and putting out there. It's so great. And it's it's definitely exciting because you've been on both coasts now. You know, there's a lot of dancers who are bi-coastal and things, but you've experienced the New York side of things. And now you're living and experiencing the LA side of things. And they're very different coasts. And we've talked about it many times on the pod for people to figure out, like, where do you want to go? Because you need to know what suits you. And I think it, it kind of sounds like that New York was an easy move for both of you. You got into the BDC program and this was close to like Pennsylvania for you, Austin. So like New York was like, oh, it's right there. Let's go. It's closer to home. It's on the East Coast versus L.A., which like L.A. might have suited your styles more than New York. But obviously there is many opportunities in New York, as you found and were able to discover um, within the street styles and hip hop and commercial dance styles as well. It's just not as often as in Los Angeles. So I'm glad you guys went out west and I think you're going to be hugely successful out there. You already are. And I can't wait to see what's next for y'all. Do you have anything coming up in the future that you are you want to share with us or able to share with us or things that you can tease us that's coming soon? I don't think that there's anything that those pesky NDAs aren't keeping us from. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But exciting things? Just that, just that we, I think that regardless of the things that we're working on right now, we have such high hopes. And here's what's cool. We love to tell young dancers that you should be using social media as a tool. I'm not talking mm-hmm. young, young dancers. You know what right. I mean? Get into social media at the appropriate age. But I think for young professionals, starting out on social media is so important because it gives you a platform to build your own brand and develop your own career in your own hands. It used to be that, you know, to share your talent with the world you had to get into the room. I've got to submit three times. I got to go through 17 casting directors. I got to go through the producers. Then I get a yes. And then they say, okay, here's your permission to share your talent with the world. Now, this is the first time that we have had the opportunity that the only thing that stands between us and sharing our talents with the world is literally hitting post. And that has changed our lives drastically. We have 
had all these opportunities in our lives because of the way that we have fearlessly created and shared on the platforms that we have. And I just think that everyone should be taking advantage of that because it's an insane opportunity to reach people and to share and to express. But I think that because of that, we've realized that our careers can go so far beyond this dance industry confinement that we thought existed. It really happened while we were on tour where, you know, tour is a bucket list item for dancers. You know what I mean? It was like, that used to be the end all be all of my career dreams. I was like, if I can go on tour once, like I will be set. And so we went on tour and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the reason we started the brand of Costa and Mayor. Like this is what it was all about. And then halfway through tour, we were like, oh, but what about, but what about Costa and Mayor? Like what about our platform? Mm. What about our brand? Like what if we could create a tour that was just us? Like what if we could do these things because we've created this Mm. brand that is our dance and choreography and who we are as people and it's given us the ability to sort of see a wider horizon than the dance industry, mm. I think, lets you mm. see yeah. as a dancer who's always going to be behind someone or doing someone else's musical or being an ensemble member behind a main role. You know what I mean? Like we can think, what are the projects that we want to create and that we want to produce? And it's about dance and it's about choreography and it's about us. And I think that that's an opportunity that has not existed before now and i think people should take it really seriously it's really cool and when we do share the projects and ideas that we have we our main you know goal is to give back to that you know that industry that we are and were once a part of heavily is all those dancers that are you know living in new york and living just as we were and going to all the classes and all the auditions just like we did like we want to work and you know provide opportunity and projects and jobs to those dancers that are really going for it because there are so many out there and if there's another creative team like us that can you know make some jobs and make some shows and give back and to maybe that dance community, make a job that's an, a variety that hasn't existed yet maybe yeah. we do something in dance and comedy and nobody has to wear stilettos or booty shorts <laughs> that would be so cool yes. that would be my dream i would love to put all my dancers in some high tops for sure <laughs> and not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that but i think the more we yeah. can show dancers that there's a lot out there there's so much <laughs> variety you don't yeah. have to be one type of dancer to succeed i think the more variety we can provide in opportunities for dancers the better yeah yeah. Oh, I think the parent, we have a lot of parent listeners. Like that's our main base is parent, dance parents. And I think to hearing all of that from, I mean, for me, even having already had my career and I'm old and tired and done now, <laughs> I'm our, I'm inspired yeah. because I didn't, you know, we, Courtney and I didn't grow up with social media at our fingertips. You know, I had Facebook in college. That was all we had. We had MySpace. And so just the future of dance is so broad now because of all those reasons you just said. And so for parents out there thinking, oh, my gosh, my kid wants to be a dancer, like, and they're nervous about it. Sure, be nervous about it. But listen to all those things that are possible. See how possible things are if you if you have the right training and if you put yourself in positions to make your own good luck. Um, That's just amazing. I agree. I love it. Wow, y'all. This this chat was so inspiring. And what a way to round out our season four of Making an Impact. I mean, yes, y'all did it. And like, I'm just so, so, so grateful and have absolutely loved chatting with you today. And thank you for everything that you're doing for our industry. Thanks for inspiring people worldwide. Thanks for bringing dance into their life. 
Thank you for choreographing such fun dances. We can't wait to keep seeing all of your uh, theme song dances. <laughs> I've, I've said maybe we can get them to do a Making the Impact theme song dance. I'm just kidding. But, in, in, <laughs> but like, actually, but like, really, though. maybe we'll have, we'll have a contest or something in our off season for like dancers to do it to our theme song because they can be inspired by you guys uh just creating things at home it's it's just like it's just been a joy to to chat with you but also just watch your careers take off like you said from from a post on social media that's how it launched that's how it started and boom here you are as this fantastic duo that are that's changing the dance world for the better so thank you so much for spending your time chatting with us on the podcast we're so grateful for you both Oh my gosh, thank you guys thank you. for providing a platform for people like us to talk to young dancers and, to and spread parents. All, yeah, and-, and to spread all that inspiration and motivation for the, you know, the parents and the young dancers. That's everybody always asks us like what do you like what's the end goal? What's the reach goal? And I and think that's that's it. that's it. You know what I mean? Like this right here is part of doing that end goal is we're we're spreading the awareness, we're we're inspiring and motivating, and that's really all that we could ever so ask. Thank for. Yeah. So thank you for giving us the space to do that. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed our final episode of season four, featuring the one and only Cost and Mare. Shout out to Meredith and Austin for taking the time to join us on the podcast this season. We loved chatting with you. Be sure to stay connected with them on Instagram and TikTok to see what they're working on next at cost underscore and underscore mare. Don't forget to follow Making the Impact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want more exclusive episodes, support our podcast by joining our Platinum Premium membership for only $5 a month. Subscribers receive free Making the Impact stickers, shoutouts live on the air, ad-free listening, and exclusive access to our Q&A episodes for members only. Join now at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash platinum premium, or click the link in our show notes. Are you looking for even more personalized, in-depth feedback from your standard judges' critiques that you've been receiving at competition this season? Want to really know how to take your dance to the next level? Then check out our service, IDA's Online Judges' Critiques, where you will receive up to 10 to 15 minutes of post-critique additional feedback. You can even request a judge that specializes in your submitted dance genre, and they will go back through your routine from beginning to end and pause the video to elaborate even more on those specific corrections. Send us your video from an in-studio rehearsal or your latest competition stage performance, and let our judges help you prep before your next event. Critiques start at only $35 on our website. Submit your dance now at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash online critiques. Keep listening for our Season 4 wrap-up episode, where we chat about what's coming up in Season 5 of Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. That's a wrap on Season 4, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the season, and we're wishing you a wonderful summer. We'll see you in Season 5, launching on September 7th, 2023. Until then, keep dancing.